This week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast is brought to you by the patrons of the Rural Woman Podcast. This amazing group of individuals contribute financially to the Rural Woman Podcast to ensure the stories of women in agriculture hit your earbuds each and every week. Want to join them in supporting the stories of women in agriculture while getting access to extended episodes, patron-only episodes, and other great perks? Head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. This week, you'll meet Emily Rushell. Emily and her husband, Andrew, raise corn, soybeans, cover crops, and two kids in West Central Illinois. Emily is an elementary school teacher turned entrepreneur and thought leader. She cultivates personal and professional growth for rural women through her high-level masterminds and retreats, one-on-one coaching, public speaking, digital content, and her podcast, Gather in Growth. I am very excited to introduce you to Emily today. She is just a positive light for rural women and is doing some incredible work in the personal development space. And I thought, what better way to kick off the brand new year of 2023? If you are listening to this at the time of its release, happy new year to you. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and are ready to take on 2023 and all of the wonderful things I hope are heading your way. Now, I was introduced to Emily back when she did her workshop in a online community that I am part of, um, the Trailblazer Collective, which is hosted by Jan and Aaron from Trailblazer Magazine. So if you want to learn more about Jan and Aaron and the work that they're doing, uh, you can check out episode 122. Now, if you haven't been over to wildrosefarmer.com lately, you will see that it's gotten a beautiful facelift from the wonderful team over at Kim & Co. Online. Now, one of my most favorite features on the new website is the search tool. So if you go over to wildrosefarmer.com and click on the search, you can type in 122 and it will bring up episode 122 with Jan and Aaron. Or if there is something that you are specifically interested, like regenerative agriculture 
or agro-tourism or soil health or any of those wonderful things that I have talked to so many incredible women about, you can just pop that in the search tool and it will bring up all of the episodes of the Rural Woman podcast related to that or any blog posts or any of the other good things over on wildrosefarmer.com. One last note that I want to quickly mention before we get to Emily's episode. In last week's episode, when I recorded the outro, we were getting so close to that half a million download mark. And shortly after that was recorded, I was able to go do a little bit of number crunching. And I am overwhelmingly happy to announce and report and celebrate that we have way blown past the half a million download mark here on the Rural Woman podcast. So if you are listening to this and you have hit that download button, thank you. You are one of the many folks who has hit that button and pressed subscribed and listened and supported this show. So I just want to say a big thank you and what a great way to kick off a brand new year uh, for the Rural Woman podcast. We are, we're almost at our four year anniversary in March. So I'm very, very grateful for each and every one of you. So thank you. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's episode with Emily. Emily, welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. How are you today? I am so grateful to be here. I'm well. Good. I'm so grateful to see you again. This is not our first time meeting on the Zoom, and this time we're just recording it. So. That's true. That's true. Oh, I need to go back and look at when that was. That was a minute ago. That was. Yeah, a lot of things have happened for the both of us, so I'm excited to dive in to all of the things. So, Emily, for those who are unfamiliar with you, give us your background. Who are you, and how the heck did you get your start in agriculture? What a loaded question. I <laughs> I sit in your shoes because I also have a podcast and I love asking that question because everyone's like, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? And now I'm right. the one answering the question going, oh my gosh, where do I even begin? <laughs> um, okay, let's see. So my husband and I live on his family farm here in West Central Illinois. I did not grow up in agriculture. As I like to say, I married a farmer. Farms don't move, so people do. So that's how we are here. We've been back at the family farm since 2016. And I didn't have an incredible expectation of necessarily what that was going to be like. I certainly didn't necessarily see myself existing in the space of agriculture outside of, you know, being a farm wife and raising farm kids. I actually grew up about two and a half hours south of here in what I thought was a small town outside of St. Louis, which is a pretty big city. And professionally, I was an elementary school teacher for five years. I taught fourth grade before leaving the classroom unexpectedly to work at our local YMCA for four years. I was a program director. I oversaw all of our youth and family programming and being at a small rural branch, it also gave me exposure to things like online marketing, um, putting together events fundraising, HR, accounting, like all of these things I would have never had experience with in the classroom. And it was during my time at the Y that I started my own personal 
growth and health journey. I was six months postpartum with my second, my daughter, and had just gotten to a point where I felt miserable. I had been facilitating summer day camp for 12 weeks, 100 plus kids, you know, about a dozen or so staff, 7.30 in the morning to 5.30 at night, pumping like eight times a day. And I was overwhelmed and miserable and just felt like I was putting myself completely dead last. So it was at that point that I committed to taking care of my health in more ways than one, but doing it entirely different than any any strategy I had tried maybe in college to elliptical or try this new diet or whatever. I just really wanted to learn to take care of myself and have energy and feel good in my body. So that turned into discovering personal growth and podcasts and personal development books and just really snowballed into me starting to share online. First of all, to connect with other farm wives, women who were from rural communities who understood what our life was like here, but also finding people who were interested in this kind of new world I had immersed myself in, in, in personal growth and personal development. So it sounds so cliche to say, but one thing led to another, you know, I started really connecting with people online around the same time that I was kind of falling out of love with the the job that I was doing. And I took a giant leap of faith and left my full-time job for entrepreneurship, gosh, almost a year and a half ago, September of 2021. And since that time, I have really failed forward in figuring out all sorts of different things. But basically the through line in the work that I do is supporting rural women through their personal growth journeys through um, virtual masterminds, in-person retreats, um, my habit challenge called UDU82, my podcast, Gathering Growth, and public speaking. So definitely never thought I'd be where I am today, but, you know, from elementary school teacher to where I'm at now, but I I love it. I love it so much. That is so, so wild. And it's to hear that, you know, I feel like I've known you for a long time, but to hear that this really has come to fruition within the last year and a half, like that, there's very quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It was like, but here's the thing when you are, when you know something is right and you just jump in, I don't know, feet first, head first, like there's no choice but to figure it out and try all the things and do all the things. And to not to say that it's been easy, it's been the hardest year and a half of my life, but. I've been very open to following opportunities as they come and acting on my intuition and just seeing needs in the community and even within myself and figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I make this happen? Yeah. I want to go back to something that you had said about what your expectations were of yourself Mm -hmm. and what it was going to be like moving to this farm. And I love what you said, like, you know, you can marry a farmer, but you can't move the farm. So nine times out of 10, yeah, you're going to be the one moving and or being close enough to service this land. So take me back to that. What was it like for you to essentially, you know, shift your life and your mindset now to like, this is what, this is what I'm getting into. You know, we talk about expectations, 
was the farm life, the expectation that you had somewhere in the back of your mind, the idea, the vision of what it was, was it, was it that for you or was it something completely different? You know, I knew for a very long time that I wanted to live and raise a family in a more rural setting than where I grew up. I just kind of expected it would be maybe 45 minutes or an hour kind of outside of St. Louis, a little bit more rural. So for me, the most jarring thing initially wasn't that we were 45 minutes from where we go to get groceries, but it's that even the place that we went to wasn't what I was used to. So that was definitely a transition of just like, oh, what does it mean to have to plan in advance and not just be able to run through Panera drive through or any of that? In addition to especially coming back to my husband's hometown of how do I fit into this life that he's had, all these people that he went to high school with, all these people who know my extended family, who know more about me than than I know about anyone that I'm now related to. And just kind of that initial feeling like I was in a bubble and trying to navigate what that all looked like. So I think that I had expectations of what that was going to be like. And the best thing I did for myself at that point was when I started working at the Y, I was about 25 minutes away from where we actually live. There were some people in that community who kind of knew of our family, but ultimately, like, I really got to establish my own network there. And so that was really helpful of feeling like I had ownership. I was doing something to serve a community. I was integrating myself as part of this system outside of my husband's name, which was super helpful. Now, when it came to the farm, I definitely had expectations of what planting and harvest season was going to look like. It was like in our wedding house, right? I'll love you through planting and harvest and all of that chaos, right? What I did not anticipate was when we first came back, of course, my husband had been gone for 10 years. He had all of these ideas of things he wanted to do, ways that he kind of wanted to prove himself to not only his family, um, but the people around him and himself. And so that first and second summer, he was still gone, like planting and harvest hours. And it was after our son was born, he was a couple months old. And I was like, I know this is not what I signed up for. I love you to the ends of the earth. And I want to raise our, our family on the farm. I want this to be part of our life and of our legacy, but I, I am not on board with you are never home 365 days a year. And it took a I would say a solid year's worth of conversations back and forth of us just like readjusting what those expectations were going to be, what he actually wanted out of, um, you know, his career in agriculture and his family life. And us just really finding that balance that worked for us in the seasons outside of obviously when, you know, crops are in the ground, they have to get out. Like I get that. Um, and so I don't think either of us necessarily saw that coming, but it, it definitely had a lot of very open, honest conversations of what do we want our, what do we actually want our life to look like? Right. And those are conversations that are so important to have and can be awkward to have. And specifically, if, you know, you come from or you married into a multi-generational farm family mm-hmm. and it might be different than what they did, um, you know, I'm thinking of a story that somebody shared, you know, their husband would stop 
what they were doing to go watch their kids soccer game. And that was like a big deal. And that was like a big no, no from where they had grown up, but it was something that they had discussed and they had planned for. And this is how they wanted to do their life. And I always think like, if you are able to figure out how you want your life to look like and what you want your life to look like, what your priorities are, then I think you're living a pretty good life. You know, they don't always go the way that they're supposed to go. I know that. But, you know, if you have the best of intention uh, when you get up in the morning to be like, I'm going to do, you know, what our mission is as a family, as a farm, all of these things, right? Things will still get done. Uh, and, you know, you might be happier at the end of the day when you go to bed. So. Right. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is like the to-do list is never going to end. And that's actually not unique to agriculture in like, I, I'm good at work. I always have been like, I was a teacher. My to-do list never once ended in the classroom. Same when I was, uh, you know, at the nonprofit. And so I think it helped my husband to be on the other side of that. Like specifically when I was at the YMCA during summer camp season, it was like my harvest for 12 weeks. I was working 60 plus hour weeks at a minimum And, you know, we got to the point we had a toddler and a newborn and I was gone crazy hours. And so he got to see the other side of me being like, I literally can't leave. I have stuff to get ready for a field trip tomorrow. And I had more empathy for the times that he was like, yeah, like this has got to get done. And so us being able to be in that role reversal, I think really helped those conversations where we could see where the other one was coming from and we could work together to figure out like, what does this balance actually look like for us? So I want to jump into kind of the beginning of this personal growth development awakening for you. I know it's obviously when we say personal development, the personal thing is very personal. So there are some things that work for some and there's some things that don't work at all for others. But tell us how you kind of started down this path and kind of what where you dipped your toe in to what is now what you do. Yeah, that's such a great question. And and like I said, it, it really came from the fact that I wanted to improve my health, but I didn't care about like looking a certain way. I just wanted to feel better. I wanted to have more energy. So it's at that point in time that I started learning about habits and like I had heard all these people talk about this podcast thing. I didn't even know I had the app on my phone. <laughs> like I remember opening my first podcast and being like, what? This is so cool. There's so much information here. At the time, I was driving all over Timbuktu for daycare. Like daycare was like 30 minutes in the opposite direction of work. And so it's at that point, I just really started to fill my environment with different voices. You know, Jenna Kutcher, Rachel Hollis, Ed Milet. I'm trying to think of who else even at that time. Like just... It's funny because I was actually listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts with no intention of ever being an entrepreneur. I was like, oh, this is just really interesting. I really identify with this. How can I bring this to work with me? Like, duh, Emily, like you were actually just meant to be an entrepreneur. You just had no idea. (laughs) And it just helped me understand what it looked like to reframe my mindset or intentionally work towards goals, build habits, things like that. Um, And so that's really where it all began. And then, like I said, I had been really craving connection with other women who understood what our lifestyle was like. I have some incredible friends from college and from, 
the era when Andrew was in school when we lived down uh, in Southern Illinois. But, you know, they weren't living on farms. They don't necessarily understand. So I just wanted to connect with people who, who got it, who understood the lifestyle and who were equally as passionate about living in rural communities. And I just kept wondering, there has to be someone else who lives in the middle of nowhere who totally nerds out over books like this. Like, I'm not seeing anyone else talk about this. Like, I feel like maybe that should be me. Like, it was a really weird moment. I was driving home at sunset. Like, everyone has some weird story like this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not seeing this. Like, why Why not start, start sharing about that? And so I did. And here we are. That sounds way too easy. It was not that easy. <laughs> No, I'm sure there was like the spiritual awakening through that sunset and, you know, many <laughs> sleepless nights after that. You know, I have so much respect for people, specifically women who have this passion or they have this idea and, you know, it's not out there for them. Like the mm -hmm. thing isn't there. So instead of just accepting that for what it is, it's like, well, if it's not there, maybe I can do it. And it's like, then you go through the the denial. You go through the audacity phase. Like who? Like who am I? Who am like, I? Right. The, the audacity I have to like put myself out there for scrutiny and all of these things. Right. But I have so much respect for that. So I'm glad that sunset sparked something <laughs> with you. Mine was in a tractor with a dust mask, and it was real hot with no air conditioning. So <laughs> it's less picturesque, but very right. on brand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Something you had said earlier is that you you had to learn to take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that statement was really powerful because I think there are there are so many voices out there. Like you said, you know, you go on a podcast app and there are like thousands and thousands of voices. There's millions of episodes of podcasts that will tell you this is what you need. And I think we can get really wrapped up in that and we can see what's working for other people. And then we get there and think, well, why isn't this working for me? It worked for Emily or it worked for Caitlin or it worked for whomever, right? So take us through the process of what it was like for you to learn these skills. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good point and something I'm actually really, really passionate about because our whole life, we have been told how to be, how to act, how to dress, how to how to work out, how to eat, like all of these things. And one thing that I have really struggled with is like, you know, everyone says like, find your niche, talk about your thing. And I'm like, I, what works for me doesn't work for someone else. Like what I care the most about is igniting a spark that prompts women specifically in rural communities to get clear on what they actually want and to do that thing. I can share, you know, here are five things that I do in the morning that start my day for success, but that doesn't mean it's right for you. It's why my habit challenge is called You Do You 82, because it's meant for you to choose the habits that you actually need to build or break for your lifestyle. And so it's a journey. It's a process. It's trying different things. It's getting inspired. But most importantly, it's continuously asking yourself what do I actually want? Or what do I actually need? Not what my mother-in-law thinks, not what my best friend told me, not what my sister is doing, not what this chick on the internet says is best. But what do I actually want? And that transcends 
every part of our life, whether it's career, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, personal development, whether it's parenting or marriage, it's what do I actually want? What makes the most sense for me? And that requires a level of vulnerability and honesty and sometimes coming to realizations that feel hard. But the more that we can turn inward and look to our inner guidance outside of what everyone else is telling us that we should do, like that's where we find our path. And that's where, you know, we, we go down what's meant for us. So I'm not sure that answered your question, but that is a soapbox I will stand on forever. It totally did. No, it's so good because yeah, it's it's hard. Like if anybody ever told, like if one of these gurus ever tell you that this is the easiest thing you can do to change your entire life, like please do not buy what they're selling. Like don't drink that Kool-Aid because I promise you, like it's really hard to go through the steps to ask yourself these questions of what makes me happy? What can I do to improve this? And I feel, you know, as a human being, this is hard, but for women, we are, like you said, we are told what to do, what to say, where to go, what to wear, what we should look like, you know, all of these things. And then there's that level. And then there's the level of comparison of, well, this person is doing it way better than I am. And like, why can't I do this? Why can't all of these things? Right. So I just think, I love how you frame this. It's learning and learning is hard sometimes. Like, you know, I was never good at physics still to this day, probably uh, couldn't do that or calculus or any of those things. But, you know, other things I've gotten good at, but I've had to learn to do them and learning. Sometimes you fall on your face. So is there anything that you would like to be vulnerable with us today in your entrepreneurial journey of the falling on your face variety? That was a big learning lesson for you. Yeah, I think, you know, for anyone who has been following along with me fairly recently, like I've actually been through a pretty hard season recently. And it's been, I think, a culmination of a lot of things. You know, entrepreneurship is the most forceful form of personal growth. You have to face a lot of your own insecurities and inner voices. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff that comes up that you didn't know was hidden deep in your soul from your childhood or from adolescence. And so around the middle of October, I kind of got to a breaking point where I'm like, I am not okay. And I'm not saying it was because of entrepreneurship. I think that just what I've been doing over the past year has given me the the space to confront a lot of the stuff that I just been running from or hiding or didn't even know was, was in there. And so there was a day that I'm like, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need help. And on that day, I got in touch with a therapist, uh, like holistic functional health doctor person. I hired a housekeeper and I reached out to a copywriter because <laughs> I'm like, I just can't. And so the past two months have been what I can best describe as a healing journey. And I've made myself be patient with that because I know all the hacks and tips and tricks to feel better. You know, like my job is built on helping women build strong habits to like live their best life. Right. But there are some seasons that we go through. I'm learning where we just have to be still 
we have to feel and it's ugly. It sucks. I'm going to be completely honest, but I know it's important. You know, I'm working through things with my therapist that, like I said, I didn't know that I needed to work through. And I'm holding on to the hope that the better days are on the other side of this. I I don't want to be cliche and say like everything happens for a reason, but I just, there are sometimes I feel like things kind of need to burn down before they can build back up. And I'm kind of in that season of that. And I know that better days are ahead and I will be more healthy and healed and capable and confident on the other side of, of working through all of this. So yeah, it's been kind of a few months where I feel like I'm not only did I fall flat on my face, but like my face is still on the floor. <laughs> well, and it's hard. It's hard, especially like as an entrepreneur, when like showing up is all on you. It's not like I can just roll up to my job and go through the motions. Like, and so it's hard. And I feel like by not being able to show up as my full self in the way that I typically have, I feel like I've let people down in in some ways. And but at the same time, I have to let go of any of the expectations or or shame around what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing, because the reality is like, this is the season I'm in. This is what I'm working through and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. So not sure that's what you expected. Nope, that was. No, it was perfect. <laughs> and thank you for sharing that with us, because I think for me personally, it's easier to share that stuff after I've already gotten over that hump. When I'm in it, I can't share it because I don't, I don't have the cohesive thought to put together. Or when I do share it, it's just like, burn it down. Like I like just walk away and burn it down. But um, if I can give you any of the, the wisdom that I've learned from those darker days and the extreme amount of money that I've paid my therapist over the years. I'm sure she has a yacht somewhere. She deserves it. I'm, she, that, I'm confident in that. <laughs> absolutely. I'll give her whatever she wants. My firstborn child. Um, <laughs> she's got me here. We're good. You know, we talk about feeling like we've let people down. And at the end of the day, letting those people down, you know, is not as a big of a deal. If you've let yourself down, I think when we think about putting ourselves, you you said it yourself, putting yourself dead last, you know, that's when we're putting ourselves down. But, you know, the notion in our heads and like the thoughts that we're having, like, oh gosh, this person's mad at me. Or like, if I didn't get my podcast out on Friday at this time, like this person I know is going to know and like all of these things. And this is when we have to stop and ask ourselves, who actually said that to you? right? Like, did somebody actually send you a DM with written words? Did they phone you? Did they knock on your door? Like, did they actually say those words to you? Or are these things that are anxious thoughts in our brain? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, they're anxious thoughts. But if anybody knocks on your door and like gives you grief, you let me know and I'll... Uh... <laughs> Well, and also like, that's kind of on them. Right? <laughs> like, do we actually want them to send that message? I that's don't. the thing, right? Like it's, it's usually on like when we're thinking about this and like when we're thinking about it in farm terms or whatever else, like, you know, if we've disappointed somebody, like part of that is on them. Like, yes, it's on us for whatever it is that we did. But again, if we're going back to what our expectations are, perhaps their expectations were different than yours to begin with. So that's 
probably where this disappointment came in from. So, but like I I'm so glad that you shared that with us. And I can see your face now. It's not face down. I promise everyone. I can see her <laughs> smiling face back at me. So uh, it's such a weird season that it is. That's you know okay. We go through it. So I want to flip that question on its head and say, what are some of the biggest things that you're proud of from the last year and a half that you've been able to do? Oh gosh. I it's incredible because so many of the things that I had dreamed of doing when I left my job, right? When I left my job, I actually had no game plan. I was like, I'm, I'm just jumping, I'm just jumping straight in, which to the uh, older ladies at the Y, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Going to work for the internet? I'm like, yeah, pretty much, you know, but to start masterminds. And at one point I had six going, which was a lot, but incredible. I've had over, gosh, 50 something women participate in those over the course of the past year. The stages I've been able to speak on, like launching a podcast, hosting a retreat, like everything that I had in my mind as a dream of like, wow, it would be so cool if this came true, happened, which is, I am endlessly proud of it. But I think the thing I'm the most proud of, if I'm being completely honest, is the season I'm going through right now of just for the first time, not pushing it to the side and grinding harder and doing things more. You know, I'm in an Agram three. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going. I got, I got goals to reach. I don't have time to feel my feelings, but admitting, like, no, it's time. It's time to do the work, to do the therapy, and to feel all of that. Like, I am really freaking proud of that. Of course, in addition to all of the the accomplishments that sound cool, but getting in therapy that I'm long overdue for, that is actually the greatest accomplishment, I think. So true. And I'm proud of you too. So (laughs) just know that when you're having the hard day, Caitlin's proud of you. So just keep going. (laughs) You can help support the stories of women in agriculture to be shared through the Rural Woman podcast on Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a membership-based platform that helps fund and support creators like me to create and produce content like this that you all love. New to the Rural Woman Podcast Patreon is ad-free listening and patron-only bonus content and exclusive episodes. Learn more and join the patron gang today at patreon.com slash the Rural Woman Podcast. I want to talk about uh, the work that you've done. You know, you you said you've, you know, helped uh, with your masterminds, like over 50 women. You've hosted these in-person retreats. You've got to see the flesh and blood of rural women right in front of you. Um, In the work that you've done, what are some of the most common challenges that you've seen uh, with the women that you've worked with? Yeah, I think one through line that I'm noticing increasingly is this feeling of unsettledness. Like so many of us have done all of the things, you know, we went to school, we got the degree, we, we got married, we had the kids, we've done all of the stuff in our career or even like women who are stay-at-home moms, you know, we've done all of these things that were laid out for us as this is the path to happiness. And then waking up one day, or maybe multiple days and being like, this is it. 
like, this is not what I expected my life to look like. Like, what the heck? Like, I did all of the things. I'm in this job that I thought I was going to love. I got the dream job. Like, I have the family. We have the farm. We have our kids. Like, everything on paper says my life is awesome, but I feel not awesome. And not to say miserable, but just, like, unsettled or or not content or just, like, what the heck is going on? And I think for so many people, it's because we've been fully living into either someone else's expectation that was projected on us or what we thought we were supposed to be doing in some way. And we've been out of touch with, again, like, what do I actually want? Like, what am I meant to be doing? What would I don't even necessarily like using the word happiness because I think happiness is like a feeling that comes and goes, but like, you know, what is my purpose and just feeling kind of lost in everything is supposed to be great. And I just don't feel great. And I, I, yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing that so many women that I'm, I'm interacting with are, have their own special flavor of like, what do I actually want and how do I get there? And I think it's cool that so many rural women are kind of wakening up to this. Like, we're not okay with just going through the motions anymore. We want more than just showing up in life. And trying to figure out what that means is a really big question. And I don't have all the answers to it, but I ask a lot of questions. So helping women get increasingly clear on, like, the callings on their heart is like the greatest honor of my life. And it's funny when you're telling me, you know, what's the most common problem? It's like, yeah, I've had that. Like I've had that problem. Like, and it's for somebody who's hearing you say this, who has never spoken those words out loud, but they're like, yeah, that's me too. Like, you're not alone in this. Like this isn't like a, just a you problem. And it's not even a problem. It's it's just life. I think like we have gone through so many motions and specifically in the last three years, like, Oh my gosh, it's kind of been a shit show if I'm being honest, (laughs) but you know, I think it's helped a lot of people in some really mysterious ways, like discover that, like, you know, the way that it used to be, wasn't all that great. The way that it is now, maybe not that great either. Like, what are some things that I can do to change those things. So, so tell us more about you do you 82. You've touched on it. You know, when can you start this? It's, it's, it's a brand new year. It's a brand. We're told it's a brand new us, but I truly believe it's the same old us, but we're going to have better things come out of it. So. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you bring that up. And that's um, one thing I love about this challenge is that anyone can start anytime. So often we're like, I'm going to start on Monday or I'm going to wait till January, new year, new me. And the reality is you can start on a Thursday or in the middle of July or in February. Like Every minute of every day is the chance to change your life in whatever way that you want to. So You Do You 82 was born a couple of years ago. I had just led what I thought was going to be a few friends and family through a habit challenge that I had done the previous year. It was really impactful for me in learning how to build habits. And I'm like, you know what? This is coming up again. It was like an end of the year kind of thing. I'm going to see if anyone wants to do it with me. So I started a Facebook group, invited a few friends. and. Over the course of three months, it grew into several hundred people, which was super cool. 
And at the end of those three months, everyone kept saying, we want to keep going. This is great. Like we love the accountability. We love the community. Like let's do it again. And I'm like, I'm kind of bored with these habits because it was a, a challenge where they told you exactly what to do. And so we looked at some other different things and nothing quite made sense for everyone. Inclusivity is one of my core values. And I just couldn't ascribe to something that was, you know, didn't work for even most people. And so I was kind of like, we need, we need our own thing. Like I want anyone to be able to do this, no matter where they are, what they're wanting to work towards. Like maybe it would be cool if people got to choose their own habits. And so that's literally what it came from. I at the time was teaching a group exercise class at the Y because, you know, COVID people did all sorts of crazy things. And in my class, you know, if we had a a certain move, like a squat or something, I'd be like, okay, you can do it this way, or you can make it harder like this, or you can make it easier, like with this modification, like whatever you do, you like, this is your class. And so, uh, you do you literally meaning like you choose your own path. You get clear on what you actually want and what you need. You make this your own 82. First of all, it rhymes and I was a teacher, so it makes me happy. Second of all, it just so happened to be the halfway point between a couple of different challenges that we had been looking at. And so basically it's a totally free challenge. Anyone can start anytime. And um, like I said, you choose the six habits to intentionally build or break for 82 days. But what makes this challenge unique is it's through the lens of progress over perfection. Having a habit challenge is not unique to me in itself, but so many things that we sign up for. We're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then it like wants you to be perfect every single day for like X number of days. And if you miss one thing, well, you suck. You go back to the beginning, you failed. That's not how real life works. Like I live on a farm. Life is crazy. I have kids They get sick. Like it's chaos. And so I was not interested in creating or promoting something where you mess up and you fail. That's not how we build long-term sustainable habits. The thing that we learn is standing back up and trying again. Like, cool, you had two days that didn't go the way you thought. Your kid was homesick or you were puking. Like, stand back up, try again. That's how we build like sustainable long-term habits that actually get us closer to the life we say we want to live. So like I said, totally free. Anyone can start anytime you choose your adventure. You can go to udu82.com, plug in your email address. I'll send you a whole journey through UDU82 workbook that will explain more of the history, the how, the why. We'll give you some suggestions for habits and how to get started, but... Rest is on you. Yeah, it's a tool for, you know, to help you take it whatever direction you want. I have some people who do like a very health focused approach. I have some who have used this habit for work or to nurture relationships or a little bit of everything. And that's what makes it so beautiful. It's just a community of people, mostly women, who are interested in building a little bit more intentionality in their lives. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I am going to link that in the show notes and people can find that. And I'm excited to see what folks do with their 82 days and their challenges. And like you said, it's, it's personal. You have to learn about yourself and what you want to improve, what you want to challenge all of these things. So that's amazing. Yeah. And what's cool is like our community has really fostered this, like stand back up and try again mentality. And in that some people have gotten a week or two in and been like, you know what? I bit off way more than I can chew. I need to scale back. And we're like, 
great. Like, thank you for having the self-awareness to realize that this wasn't working and you just like, you know, plug in something different and keep going. Like this, you know, I think so often we jump into things. It doesn't go the way we thought we did. We get two weeks in, we like shred the paper. We're like, well, here's one more (laughs) piece of evidence that I suck. And the intention is, you know, focus on all of those boxes you did fill in, like forget the ones that you didn't, like how much more than you did you do than you would have otherwise. And in this like little season that I've been in, for me personally, like 82 days just felt impossible. So I actually created a little baby sister called You Do 32 for when 82 days just feels like way too hard. Like whether you need just like a little jump start or help crawling out of a hole, like 32 days for the small wins. Right. That's amazing as well. Those sound so excited. I'm so excited for people who, you know, who are just learning about this or the people who have learned about it and hopefully it's pushed them in the right direction, maybe. So you got to do a really fun retreat in 2022. Tell us a little bit more about that and uh, what folks can expect from you in 2023. Gosh, it's wild that we're in 2023. It's absolutely wild. So yeah, in uh beginning of 2022, I just knew that having people together in person was one of my goals. It's something I knew I wanted to do the moment I quit my job to pursue entrepreneurship full-time. Because as much as, as virtual interactions are such a blessing to us, there is nothing there's nothing that compares to what happens when you are intentionally in a space with like-minded women for multiple days with the focus of growth and for investing in yourselves, pouring into each other. It's like the most cliche, but it is just magic. So in November, myself and let's see, there were 16, 17 of us total We went to Dustin, Florida, like I said, for a three-day retreat with the intention of getting clear on what we really wanted. What are the things that we need to let go of? What are we working towards? And for some people, that took a little bit more of a business focus. For some people, it was a lot more personal, I think, than they even expected. It's interesting because so many women came in with one expectation of like, this is like what I want to work on while we're there. I want to come out with such and such business plan. And then left with like one of their main goals being like, I want to learn to love myself deeply, which is just incredible, like so incredible. And so I'm planning another retreat for this year, like 99.9% sure it's going to be in March. Of course, we're recording this in December. It's coming out in January. So by the time this comes out, registration will likely be open. You can head to emilyrushell.com slash retreats for more information or connect with me on Instagram and we can talk about it. But it is for rural women, like I said, who are craving clarity, craving some direction on what's next, who feel like they are kind of spinning their wheels. Like I said, that unsettled feeling of just like, where do I need to be going? What do I need to be focusing on? Like, no, I just feel like when you have, when you hear about something like this and you feel a tug, it's not an accident. Most people don't hear about a retreat and be like, ooh, that's for me. So if you are hearing that and you're like, I feel like I need to be there, like you probably do. Just the amount of of clarity, of growth, of community that came out of the weekend. It was 
everything I dreamed of and so much more. The testimonials that came out of it, the the life change that happens in just a few days. Again, it, it, it comes with the intentionality and being in the room with the right people. I think so often we can spin our wheels in our own head for far too long, trying to think of all of the possibilities and trying to make the right decision. And being in a space with people who truly understand your life, your priorities, and can kind of see things that sometimes you can't see in yourself, like you can get crystal clear on what's to come next in such a short period of time with the right people. So open invitation. This is the Rural Woman podcast. So it was literally made for you. There you go. Made for you. And this time it is going to be in the Midwestern United States. That was like my number one request after the last one. It's like, can you make it so I can drive there in the Midwest? (laughs) So for all of those who are saying like for, because you don't want to fly or you don't want to do things, please make that part of like your goals and your missions (laughs) to fly somewhere really nice once, you know, (laughs) so you can actually see a palm tree because I tell you, those were the best retreats. I want to go to the retreats where there's a palm tree, but I understand. (laughs) We were right on the ocean. It was incredible. The struggle is, you know, for me, like it takes me two and a half hours to get to the airport. (laughs) You know, so I think that travel was, you know, travel's just a, a production, but Every single person that came said, oh my gosh, this was so worth it. Yes. <laughs> like worth every penny and then some. Like it's just, it's unique. It's really special. And like I said, I knew going into entrepreneurship that this is what I was called to do and having the affirmation of it worked and it made a really big impact on the women who were there. Like there is no better feeling than that. Like I'm so humbled by the opportunity to get to do it. So I'm excited to do it again in 2023, maybe twice. We'll see. We'll see. The sky's like, I can't even imagine what's going to be happening a year from now. I think that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell. Like if you have a five-year plan, you're doing it wrong. Like (laughs) you just gotta, you gotta, you just gotta buckle up and hang on because so many blessings are in store. That's amazing. Through the listener survey that we have on the Rural Woman podcast, one of the boxes is, do you have any suggestions of things to do differently or things to improve or any of the things? One of the suggestions that came through was putting in a rapid fire question section, a segment, if you will. And I was thinking to myself, okay, What questions am I going to ask? Are they going to be the same number of questions? All of these things. So you are my guinea pig for this, Emily. So the pressure is on, like for the both of us. Am I going to ask the good questions? (laughs) Are you going to be rapid in the answering of them? It's like, you know, how fast, like the pressure's on here. So, I mean, to be fair, a podcast interview is basically just asking questions. So these are, these are just random Yes. Right. Okay. I'm, and I think, I think they should be fun. Like, I don't think we should have serious questions here. Like sometimes we talk about some pretty serious things here. So let's like have some (laughs) lighthearted questions here. Our new rapid fire segment is brought to you by Canada's Egg Day. On February 15th, 2023, people across the country will celebrate the food that they love and the people who work hard to produce it. In addition to being a day to celebrate farmers, producers, and all participants in the agri-food industry, Canada's Agriculture Day 
is one of the few times that consumers can hear the industry speak with one voice. Canada's Ag Day is a day for farmers to share their pride and their love of food. So no matter how you get your social, make sure you are using the hashtag CDNAG Day, Canadian Ag Day, when you do. And for more resources, you can check out the link in today's show notes or head to agdaycanada.ca. All right, here we go. Okay. What are you currently reading? Oh, I love this question. Okay. So I knew you would. <laughs> oh man, because my life has been recently changed. I have like so much of my platform has been recommending personal growth books. And my I think first, maybe second session in therapy, my therapist and I were talking about like coping skills for when I'm feeling a certain way. What can I do to feel better? And she's like, Oh, do you like to read? I'm like, oh, I read every day. What kind of books do you read? So I start listing off, you know every piece of nonfiction from the past couple months. And she's like, do you ever read anything not related to work? And I was like, no. Who would do that? That feels like a waste of time, right? (laughs) So I had this whole complex around like reading a fiction book. And my college roommate called me and she was like, hey, there's this book series. It's kind of different, but it really pulled me out of a hard time. Give you my best recommendation. It got me into reading fiction. And I'm telling you, I researched this book series like I was picking newborn diapers. Like, am I going to like this? Like, is this going to be worth my time? I better not buy this because why would I spend money on a fiction book, right? This whole complex. Ended up buying it at Walmart, stayed up until like 3 a.m. reading it the first night. And now this book series is my personality. It's called A Court of Thorn and Roses. The first book is great. The second book is phenomenal. The third book, wrecked me in the best way. There's five books in the series. It's incredible. I just got the other two series from the author, which I've heard are not as good, but you know, good enough. So good. I will talk about this series for what feels like the rest of my life. I have gotten so many people to read it recently. I'm like secretly building a cult following for this author of Rural Women because I have not recommended it to one person who was like, yeah, that was a waste of time. Everyone is like, I have not loved anything this much since Harry Potter. I feel very passionately about this. I can tell. I just ordered I just ordered a <laughs> necklace um with some like a sim I'm not gonna say what it is because it will like it doesn't it's irrelevant in the first book and you just need to keep reading. But if you have read the series or if you do read the series and you want to know what necklace I got, shoot me a DM because I am that obsessed now. I love that this. is all. That is all. I love this. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> Great question. There we go. All right. <laughs> My next rapid fire question is, what are you currently watching? Christmas movies. Yeah, I don't know. Christmas movies. I don't (laughs) have time to like watch fun adult things. Like I have kids. I don't know. Rapunzel for the 750th time. Right. And you're too busy watching or reading your your new book series, right? So yeah. Yeah. All right. What is your go-to karaoke song if you had to sing one? Party in the USA, obviously. There you go. That's a great one. Who was your celebrity childhood crush? Okay, so this, my husband and I actually had this conversation recently. So my kids are very into The Greatest Showman right now. So actually that's what we're watching. It's been like a three month long thing now. And I will say from high school till now, Zac Efron is still relevant. Like he aged perfectly with me. Like crush on him in High School Musical, had his poster in my dorm room, and he is still top notch. 
Very good. <laughs> okay, well, this was fun. I think we should do this again. Thank you for the <laughs> thank you for the for the listener feedback there. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I gave you very rapid fire responses. Those might have been my most thorough, passionate responses of the entire interview. <laughs> they made me really happy, so I don't care how fast you were. So <laughs> I'm the boss here. You could take as long as you want. <laughs> That's, that is true. Gosh, don't you ever sit down to a podcast and be like, it actually doesn't matter what I say because this is my podcast and listen to it or don't. <laughs> Emily, my last question for you is what is the most rewarding part about being a rural woman for you? I don't know if this is the most rewarding, but something that I am so grateful for is being able to look out every window of my house and just seeing fields and trees and the sky and tractors moving. And there is nothing I ever wanted more than that. Just to raise our kids um, in this lifestyle, like hopping in and out of, of tractors and running around on the farm and getting dirty. Like I just, I can't imagine it any other way. I love you know, being a part of a small town community, I love the camaraderie that comes with that. And I love more than anything that it has led me on the path that I'm doing now professionally. I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing now if I lived anywhere other than the middle of nowhere. It definitely, like I said, it wasn't my intention. I thought I was going to be a teacher in the same small town school district for the rest of my career. 100% thought that was the path for my life. But you know, being in the environment that we're in and connecting with the type of women that I have had the absolute blessing to, I know it was all for a reason. So personally, I love, like I said, I love that I get to look out at least during the summer, it's green right now. It's brown, every shade of brown. <laughs> but I think the the hidden blessing is, is the the work that I get to do and the impact of that on a lot of women who just really crave to feel seen. And so I'm really grateful for that. Those are amazing. All good things. Even even the brown, it has a season, right? It the does. Season. Yeah. It so. does. <laughs> oh, Emily, this has been so fun. And I'm so grateful for you to be here today with me and to share your story with everyone. For folks who would like to connect with you after the show, Tell us all of the places. Where can we find you online? All of the places. So I am at Emily Rushell just about everywhere, which is E-M-I-L-Y Rushell. Yes, I married someone with an insane last name, R-E-U-S-C-H-E-L. Most active on Instagram. Sometimes I pretend to post on TikTok, but really I just scroll that stinking app. Um, website, emilyrushell.com. My podcast is called Gather in Growth, as in I love bringing people together, specifically rural women for the intention of growth. So come check me out there. And I need to send you the booking link so we can do this, the same thing on my show. Zephra, I'll ask you all the questions. <laughs> Don't ask me my celebrity <laughs> childhood crush. It's very embarrassing. So. <laughs> oh, you have to share it now. Who was it? Who was I it? I can't tell you. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait. They can sit in suspense. I'll tell you when we stop recording. Uh, (laughs) Emily, thank you so much. We will link all of those in the show notes. And uh, so people can reach out and connect with you. Thank you for the work that you do. You uh, too. Happy to know you. Thank you so much. The feeling is so mutual. I think the greatest blessing is finding, um, you know, women whose 
hearts are just also so deeply rooted in investing in women in rural communities. I think it's truly how we transform what it means to live rural from the inside out. So I appreciate you as well. Absolutely. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story.